welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Also, I have the great honor to announce that Block Talk was nominated for a 2020 Glam Award for Best Podcast. And guess what? You can vote for me to win! Head on over to GlamAwards.net slash voting and cast your vote for Block Talk as Best Podcast and Elation as Best Digital Series. Voting ends January 20th. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. New year, new rune, new twist. But was the gag worth it? It's time to break down the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. And joining me to do so is someone very familiar to being burned. It's Cherry Poppins. Hello. Ayo, sis. How is it going? <laughs> um, You know what? I'm living the fantasy, you know. It's a new year. I'm hoping 2021 is a much better time for all of us involved. I agree. <laughs> I am at the point where, like, I would like to get back to my career and do the things that I was good at in live productions and love doing the virtual thing, but I need I needed to see people. Yeah, it's definitely not the same. I, yeah, I def I missed my uh my drag race family that I was forming at mom's because they were like really, really awesome. And I also got to eat and drink for free. So I was like, yo, check yeah. out their food. It's delicious. Have you had it before? I've been to mom's many oh a time. God, Very so good place. Good. We love that place. So good. Um, but yeah, so it's it's we're in January. It's 2021. Gonna take some time to just saying that. But Rue was like, you know what? Let's give you more Drag Race because you haven't had enough Drag Race in 2020. You know what? I love Drag Race. It is my favorite television show. It shows talent. It shows wit. It shows personality and charisma. And I love everything about drag. So obviously I'm going to take as much as I can get. So give me, give me, you know what? Give me eight seasons back to back and I'll still watch every single episode. I mean, I will too. I'm not sure I would podcast about all eight of them because it's a little daunting because there's a lot of work for me to do on it. But you know, I love talking about it too. So I, I, I love that, that we get to have drag in the mainstream media the way it did, because it was a big deal that um, the show was simulcast on uh, like seven networks, I believe. I believe, including CW, which is one of the main yeah. networks. So that's Crazy. a huge thing on a Friday night too. On a Friday night, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was it, it was it was it was a lot. I would like to see what Drag Race is in like a season or two. I think it's just going to be the same, more of the same. But I also am like interested to see like the queens that are on because there's a lot of really cool up and coming queens that I follow that are like ready to take the world by storm. There are a lot of digital queens who have made a name for themselves in 2020. Will they be ready for a television show? We will see, because let's be real, most of those digital queens are going to get on next season. You know what? Who knows, actually? Because there is so much more to life than just being a like in a box, you know, on the internet. And I don't really think that there's room for that box at bars when bars do come back and those queens might not be booked or might get booked a couple times and realize they're, they're not, not good for life. Yeah. 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 That kind of stuff. Oh, I, I, I've, I've said that many, many times. I, that's how I am with this, but I just, I know that season 14 casting is underway. There are a lot of Queens of tenure who are not submitting this year because they don't have anything new to submit because they weren't working live like they used to. And they're like, why submit something to RuPaul 
and when I'm not really ready for this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how this new season will be created. I mean, I think that the smartest thing to do is wait a couple of years, have like an artisanal drag mm-hmm. and because they want you to see like the best things you've ever had. So like wait exactly. until you get like that artisanal drag and then do it. Like, that's why I'm not auditioning. Right. Well, I'm not auditioning either because I'm not a drag queen. <laughs> but I just want to remind the listeners we are here to talk about Drag Race and Drag Race is a reality television program. We are here for the entertainment. We are here for fun. The opinions are all for fun. Please understand these are opinions about reality show characters as presented by the editors to us, the viewers. These people are real. These people have lives. They have emotions. But when you put yourself on television, you open yourself up to public scrutiny. Some people are going to be bitches and assholes and they're going to say nasty things. Don't listen to them. There are people here who love you. There are people here who are going to support you. But there are also people here who will critique you. It's part of the game. Just a reminder, we're here for the entertainment. And we're going to talk about it. Adam Lambert. I love Adam Lambert, too. Adam Lambert, if you want to come to the podcast and talk Drag Race or anything or just love me, you're more than welcome to come on. Yeah, please call Um, me. He was just in the Ratatouille School musical. TikTok sensation musical. I did not watch that, but I will find that clip to watch it. Um, Yeah, he was the... Have you seen Ratatouille? Of course I've seen Ratatouille. He plays Remy's Remy's brother. Yeah. Yeah, Which is very interesting casting, but... Go off, sis. Honestly, though, I'm here for the shade. I love drag, and it's so much fun to do. But also, at the same time, it's just an opinion. And there's so many different ways to do drag that if you're offended by my opinion, you can fuck yourself. Sorry about it. And that's Trey Poppins, everybody. And believe me, we're going to have a lot of opinions because the show presented us with a lot of things to talk about. So let's dive in. Um, we watched this opening premiere clip many, many times. Candy Muse stomps in the room from the hood to Hollywood. She's the Dominican doll from New York City and describes herself herself as a sex doll and her most impressive drag talent is her mouth. Sure, I, I would probably agree with that. I think the most impressive thing about Candy Muse <laughs> is that every time that she walks in the room, it looks like she's just going to devour everyone. Yeah. Like, not because that she's loud or anything, just because she likes to eat and she says that very loudly on mic all the time. I think that was one of her jokes here is mm-hmm. that she's like, I'm just here to, I'm good with my mouth. And I was like, exactly, bitch. Eating, drinking, sucking dick, whatever she's good at. Go off, sis. Go off. So she she is a part of the former House of Aja, and she claims Aja was jealous of her and her success. Because this clip came out earlier in the week, there was some tension and drama after this was released. Um, but I believe that the two of them have spoken about what was said on camera, and they're on better terms. Based on things I saw on Twitter, so. Um, all right. I don't honestly care about the House of Aja. Uh, I think that they are all equally talented, but I also think that um, they all equally like to party. Who doesn't like to party? I love to party. I like to party, but I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know either. But let's talk about Kenny Lewis <laughs> and her look. Um, the look is by Ray Ortiz, hair by Mo Kay. I really love this look. It's so ratchet. It's so candy with a twist of fashion to it. Um, I think this was a great start to her trajectory of style on the show. The boombox as a purse is so much fun. I personally wish that it had a back and it was actually usable as a purse. 
that would be super cunt to have her like pull the shit out of it. But I think it was a really cool prop. And as we'll see in the lip sync, good use of prop. Oh, yeah. I, honestly, the minute that Candy walked in the workroom, I was like, she's she's one of the top girls for me. I love her personality. Her fashion is also fantastic. That dress. Amazing. I love a denim moment. Um, it was very on brand. It said candy muse everywhere. Mm-hmm. There was a K around her neck. Uh, her hair. I, OK, girl, it's the year of human hair. That is what's happening on Drag Race this season. They are wearing human hair units. I am calling it now. There's going to be multiple of them. And Candy's was definitely human hair because when we see in the lip sync, she's flipping around and does not get tangled. It, it was a it was a very good unit for her. It was a great color for her. Um, I really like this look. I would give it a two. I would toot it. The audience went 77% to 23% boot. Why do we do that here? Why do we do that here? Oh, wow. That's fun. Percentages. Yeah. So if, listen, listen, friends, if you are not following me on Instagram at Michael Block Talk, after the episode, I will release the photos of all the queens in, in their runways or their entrance, whatever they're doing. You get to vote on them. Uh, I had a lot of viewers this time around, um, more than I usually do. And I was very excited by these results. So we're going to get to you're going to get to hear what the final results are. It's also your way of anonymously submitting your opinions. I get to see what you say, but I will never reveal that unless you fuck up badly. No one's done that this season. though. I will. Trust me. My opinion is very uh, polarizing sometimes. So maybe I'll just pick the other one just to be controversial. (laughs) Well, next up, my crush, Joey J, walks in and says filler queen. And I Ugh. said, what the fuck? Why would you do that, girl? Why? Like, it's not even a funny joke. No, the joke is you walk in and you go, uh, uh, uh. And you go across your lips and you say, everybody loves a filler queen. Sure. That's the joke. You talk about your filling your lips. Mm-hmm. You talk, speaking of things, that outfit. I'm sorry. Well, we'll get there. We'll, no, we'll, no, no, no. We'll, we'll I have to have there. a moment. She was molting the minute she walked in the workroom. What the fuck? Well, well. Joey says she's the dumbest bitch you'll ever meet. Um, and she's a himbo. Also, that confessional look I personally thought was very hot, very attractive. I don't know why, like the sexy dweeb. I just I would like to cuddle with you, Joey. So if you need a, a, a comfort, uh, you are more than welcome to come to New York City and stay in my bed. You're just, love you, girl. And when you're um, done cuddling, my room is right down the hall. And please, you can do anything to me. Great. There Chew you go. Chew me up, spit me out. Told me all about. I don't Here really you care. go, Joey J. Come over to Astoria. Um, yeah. So, so Joey has chicken feather coat on, and Candy is not impressed as the feathers fall all over the floor. We learned that chicken feathers are the least expensive feathers to possibly use. Have you ever seen a chicken? I have seen a chicken. Did you ever go? I want that feather. I don't like feathers. Period. Personally, but okay. Well, that's just poor taste. Yeah, so we also learned that Joey is a part-time queen, works for a software company, and only has one gig a week, which Candy judges pretty harshly. Is this a bad thing to have only one gig a week, or is that just the New York mentality of, oh my god, you only have one gig a week, that's not good? Well, okay, here's the thing. In other cities, having one gig a week is actually something that's like a more regular thing, since they do more review shows. I don't know if Candy knows that. She might. But you know what? It is weird in New York City if you're not... If you're a full-time drag queen, that's how it, like you know that they're going to probably get on the show soon. Or you have no gigs as, as a regular host and you get on the show, but... <laughs> Who's that? We'll talk about her later. Who's that? I mean, Olivia really didn't have any full-time gigs as a host. Quit she, coming, right? And that was, but it was very short-lived. It was a co-host. 
don't know. Just, just that doesn't mean you can't have. I have a co-host and all my shit now. Just interesting, interesting. I mean, again, I think Candy saying it was very shady. Well, Candy shady. Uh, yes, but I, I just want to make sure we all know that not having only one gig is not a bad thing. I mean, I see what you're saying now. I don't. I mean, if you're not, if you don't have a regular gig, that's, that says something about you. Especially, I mean, she's been only been doing it for a year and a half, but like, especially if you've been doing it for a long time. But there are some time. cities that you can't get a regular gig as a host because you're always going to be a guest based on the, the seniority of the queens there. Or you go somewhere else and you pitch a show somewhere else. Not every city has uh, venues that are open to queer um, performers. Not every city has multiple drag places either but exactly. you know it has a lot of places brunch sure you can prove sure, that sure. okay i don't know i'm of a person that's like if you can't find a place build a place build your empire bitch well some people build an empire and they're just tragic toxic people well we're not talking about genotonic oh boy well let's talk about joey j's look um this look is by Sadi that bitch feathers by chicken that's literally what is on instagram feathers by chicken at least you got humor girl i love it um it's a bodysuit it's amped up the chaps are fun i get it chicken feathers are not expensive and they shed but it, it in image it looked fine it was good i think the wet hair is a strong approach for joey because we know what joey said in the preliminary interviews that she doesn't wear hair so wait you're telling me that you were fine with the chicken I was fine with it. From the person that doesn't like feathers, you are fine with the chicken. I was fine with the look. No, it okay. was bad. It was. I'm sorry. You are on Drag Race. You're on Drag Race. Yeah. Do you know how cheap it is to order a thing from, I don't know, any online store of a jacket? Listen, not only did Mayhem Miller get on All Stars with... Um, that Amazon thing. This is not Amazon. This is at least a custom made look. That top part was custom trash, Mama. It was. It was falling it was apart. Stoned. It was. Oh, I mean, listen. We're no, gonna get I'm not someone... talking about the outfit. The outfit itself was gorgeous. The bottom, everything, like from the neck down, aside from the feathers, gorge. Loved it. The feathers was what I was questioning. Sure, but I don't. I, I'm not going to discard the entire look for the feathers. I am because it was falling apart. Okay. That'd be like if you were wearing something on your uh, pants and you were walking down the runway and they were falling off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they read it for you on the runway. Well, remember when that happened? Well, we we'll we'll get to someone who may not have actually finished their garment, but we'll, well, that's the next grouping. I'm sorry. This is twelve ninety nine. Nice fur thing. You can tear that apart and make that a crop jacket. All right. Well, that would have looked nicer. Okay. Okay. Listen, I'm going to give this a $12.99. I'm fairly certain this Boot. is a bias for me, but I'm giving it a two. The, audience, the audience was 39% two to 61% boot. So. Boot. Joey, call me, but boot. Well, suddenly that Rue alarm goes off, but there's only two of them in there. The Rue message plays and tells the girls that they have a surprise for them. And they are to report to the main stage. And on the main stage, we get that quintessential RuPaul runway entrance. It's a look. Um, I don't quite understand it, but it's dyn dynamite. It looks fun, but the hair, the hair is flawless. I love the hair. The hair is sickening. The outfit, sickening in a different way. I like way. the color. I just don't understand the structure of it. 
why why was there a giant there was just a lot of pedals yeah lots of pedals and not in a good way not in a Pattaya heart way where they're like pedals and look like lobster lobster things lobster what's the word no lobster lobster claw the the the, The claws no the the the, um the shell gotcha Uh that part go look it up it's on our instagram it's great yeah there were, were no celebrities to be had on this uh, episode, but we get Michelle Visage and her gray streak in her hair. New. Uh, Ross Matthews brings a squeegee, and Carson Cressley wore a very loud jacket. Uh, he brought a squeaky toy. It was just stuck in his throat. Oop. Um, also, we have the debut of the plexiglass dividers, which are simply there for show, because we all know that those bitches are partying and having fun afterwards off camera. Who knows? Probably with masks on. Maybe. Um, I will say that someone did send me the picture of the four of them on the main stage and the the, the usual promo. Um, here the people for the week, mm-hmm. and they're all sitting next to each other. And they're like, "Well, what's the point of plexiglass?" I think if you look at it very closely, I'm fairly certain it's Photoshop. I would like for someone who's very good at Photoshop to look at that image to tell me if that's the case. But there are a couple shadow issues where I'm. Fairly convinced they're not actually standing next to each other. On the runway. On the runway. Oh, probably not. Oh, probably not. I thought you were talking about the plexiglass. No, 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 no. They photoshopped the plexiglass in. They went in. They tuned that shit to failed honey. No, No, it's it's the runway image that I'm fairly certain is not real. I'm still stuck on $12.99 for a jacket that would not have molted Joey J. $12.99. Well... Rue reveals that there will be a lit six lip syncs for your lives at first, a first for the drag race history show. She says that some will Shantae and some will Sashay, which we know is only a teaser because the verbiage is about to change in the next act as she says they will be pork chopped. Yes. So both queens seem very nervous as they see Rue. Um, and Rue says, let's meet the queens and ask them some personal questions. Candy is asked about why her look is a signature Candy Muse look. And she says it's sexy, it's slutty, it's denim, it's from Brooklyn, it's New York. At least she knows what city she is from, unlike her sister. Sin City? Sin City. Um, Candy then says that uh, they are part of the dollhouse, not House of Aja. Um, and then she gives a little shout out to her fierce Brock ally, sis Dahlia Sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we'll get to how much Dahlia Sin is forever going to be a broccoli on this show. Well, if you like someone hard enough, you can edit them into anything. And if you hate them hard enough and they commit sexual offenses, you can edit them out of an entire season. Mm-hmm. Joey is an inter- uh, interrogated next and completely whiffs on why this is signature Joey J. She likes chicken. She likes to cluck. She likes to buck. So she's all three. She's cluck- not Miss Fame. Clucking and bucking. I don't know if this was a branding attempt, but it didn't work. As the chicken queen? Right, but I just don't... That's what I'm not sure... Who wants to be the chicken queen? I'm sorry. I don't know. That's why I'm not sure what the point of that statement was, you know? Watch Chicken Little. That's all you need to do to be a chicken queen. Just say the sky is falling. If she would have done that, I would have lived my life. If she was like, I'm the chicken queen and the sky is falling, that would have been funny. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe one day Joey Joey will be on the podcast and we'll find out, but... Candy and Joey are about to lip sync to Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. And then one will get the pork chop should they lose. This is, I'm going to say it, a very incredibly easy song to lip sync in drag. It 
It's a campy dream. Everybody has done it before. It's been in drag roulettes. It's a perfect song. Why it's been this many years for it to show up on the show. Couldn't tell you. But when Candy presses play on her boombox, she wins. She wins. It was brilliant. It was so funny. It was so smart. Um, Candy is not the biggest lip syncer. She doesn't really open her mouth very wide to see her phrasing, but it works on TV because there's close-ups. I also think that the nerves got to her a bit, and I hope that she goes a little bit bigger in her performance moving forward. Then you have Joey, who is definitely a performer, definitely a mover, certainly gives you energy, so much energy that those feathers are flying. You're saying an awful nice lot of things about Miss Joey. Uh, I'm calling it like I see it. She's wearing chicken feathers. Uh, that is not a reason to be a bad performer. She was great on she that was main molting. stage. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Mama, you're telling me that if something was falling apart on stage live, you wouldn't be like, why the fuck are they not wearing something that's not going to fall apart? Did you think you would wear that entrance look and think you're about to lip sync in it? I'm not going to buy or pay for anything that I cannot also, like, move in. Perhaps she didn't have time to make something new. She was molting the minute she walked in the workroom. Understood. I rest my case. Okay. Candy, though, had to hold up her dress because it was falling. If you notice, there was a moment when she was holding her chest because that dress was falling. I thought she was just clutching her No, no, it was falling off. I was, it was falling off. Um, But it didn't matter because she then came back with the air, air violin and it was funny again. Um, Joey does the jump split. Candy does that signature New York fake out jump split and still Rue gags over it. Like she's never seen it before. Come on, Monet. Um, so who gets the chop? Well, we'll find out after a commercial break and kids, this is a fucking trend. This entire episode. If you got whiplash watching RuPaul's drag race season 13 premiere, you're not alone. Oh my God. I watch reality TV all the time. I'm, I love the, the American Idol. We watched Ryan Seacrest give you that, that um, the results after this break. It's happened before. This was too much. Oh, you're talking about the commercial breaks. I was like, are you talking about your podcast? We're taking a break? No, what? no, 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 no. It's like, that's no. new. Oh, yeah. Too no, many. no, it was too many, too many breaks. We're going to joke about it every single time. But I just, the right. editing hurt my brain. You know what we're not going to do? Joke about it every single time. Because then it's that fucking pork chop joke. Every single time. We will joke about it because it's my podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, guess what? We're back from break and Candy wins giving Joey the pork chop. So what happens next? We will have to wait and see because back to the workroom we go. Which is great. I like having them all have their moments, but this was just too much. I wish it was like back to back to back to back. But I understand now because like VH1 and uh, MTV love to kind of split up their shows like that. Sure. Well, so. Let me break the ice. It's Denali, and she's got the skates on. Oh my God, that floor, that floor, that floor. She is Chicago's ice queen. She's competitive and here to win that crown. That's all we really get on Denali, because we're about to talk about that look. Hair by the Drag Stop, outfit by Monique V and Rodaggio, nails by Boy Nails. The cold never bothered her <clears throat> anyway. She looks fierce. While I'm not a super fan of a long, diminishing pony, this works for her. But the story of the hour are the skates. She walked into the room in skates. She walked the runway in skates and they were stoned to perfection. I love her beat. It's got a tinge of Valentina, but she is full glam. No. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I think her outfit was 
uh, it was beautiful. Um, I have talked to them. They are very expensive. And I don't understand why someone would spend that much money on an outfit that would not stay up on their body. Because this look was meant for an entrance. Pose, pose, you're out of it. But what I mean is it's not like versatile where you can wear it somewhere and like be able to move without having it fall down. There's nothing holding it up. And it's drag. Mama, you're doing impersonation. Put a halter top on it. Put some nude straps on it where you're not going to see it. I just need something that's going to hold it up at all times. So it's also like an outfit I can perform in. That's just me. You don't. She, But she didn't need it. She didn't want it for a performance look. All looks are performance looks, Mama. It's drag. A performance could be a photo shoot. That's a performance. It is. And you know what you can also do in a performance? That eight count that everyone does. And you know what they can get still from that? That's very fair. Death drop, pop up. That's funny. Well, I... I Do the splits like Brooklyn Heights? Like she was pooping? That was funny. Wasn't that... Oh, yeah, when she showed her cooter. That mini challenge. Funny. Yes. But this is... She bought this, created this for an entrance look. Bought it. I don't think she created it. Because I've seen that silhouette on many other girls. That's fair. Including Miss Cracker. It's it's, it's an ice dancer look. I thought it was great. I think she made an impression. I would give it a toot. I would. That all being said. (laughs) It's a toot. And this is the highest of the entire episode as the audience went 89% to 11% boot. So we all apparently love it. I just wish she. I don't know. I'm not going to criticize her for it falling down because none of them would have known i will we'll talk about one person who had a reveal that i will talk about conspiracy theories later but i none of them knew this was going to be a thing so i'm not going to place blame that it's going to fall off it it's just that it was falling down so it didn't look like it fitter it's not that of like i don't know i have opinions about it that's and fine. i've been saying them and i'm gonna stop now well, what you say, what you say. I don't know, because the mask is covering up your face. Oh, she's here to slay. Hmm, fast. It's La La Ree. Uh, she calls herself Olive Garden Pasta with Popeye's Chicken on top. Which actually sounds good. I would eat that. I mean, I would also bundle up some nice, tasty, toasty tenders on top of anything. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this look is not the tea. Well, like Denali, I expected more from her entrance look. La La Ree. Um, at the time of recording, no designers listed. Nope, big ol' no. Lala Ree is going to struggle in the fashion department. Everything we've seen from her, not drag race worthy. I appreciate the shout out to the mask that turned into the turtleneck. Fine, smart. We're in COVID times. But if you zoom in to the bottom of the jacket like they did on the main stage, it's not completed. It's not finished. The bottom, you, you saw the mesh. You saw where it was cut. No. No, 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 no. Not on Drag Race, please. I mean, wear what you want to wear, sis. But this is not it. The concept is fine for a walk-around look. It could be sickening for a main stage look, too. If she was wearing... Imagine this. She was wearing white thigh-high boots, completely stoned. Mm -hmm. Like, covering the shoe and everything. Sure. She was wearing a panty. That jacket was about two inches longer. And it was like a jacket dress. That's very much... That's fashion. With, like, long, straight hair. Also... But this hair was... Yeah. It was. But all these people wear no things on their heads and long straight hair. No mama. Put something on it. It's a fascinator. If you're going to wear a straight synthetic wig, please put something on top of it. Yeah, this was not a good look. 
Um, the cha- the hair was just tragically flat. There was no fun to it. The, the, the dimensions weren't there. The color just didn't work. I I don't I uh, absolute boot for me. I'm not gonna boot it because I think the idea was there. Uh, so I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna toot it. Okay. It's a soft toot though. The audience went 16% to 84% boot. It was not a good look, but it's not bootable because I know what she was going for. Fair you know fair. what I mean? That's fair. Like, I I only boot things where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you were thinking when you made this thing. Which there's some people, uh, we can have that conversation about mm-hmm, some people coming mm-hmm. up, but not for her. Well, the room message comes on and yet again, the two are confused. What's the tea? Get to the main stage, please. Before we get into the interrogations, can I please ask how production thought allowing Denali walk on that plexiglass floor in Skates was smart? Those blades must have been dulled down because that shit should have scuffed that floor terribly. I would hope she would have worn dull. That'd be stupid if she didn't. Right. It was just, I was, as someone who played hockey and knows how dangerous those skates are, I almost had my toe cut off because someone accidentally... Almost stepped on my toe. It, I, I'm fearful of skates because they're they're dangerous. So I'm I'm shocked, but they got their moment. They got her in skates. Fine. But Denali says her look is because she is a professional figure skater, and this marries the two worlds. Ross is very excited because how can drag race get gayer? Figure skating. Um, orgies. That Capsizing happened. in PB. Oh. Well, Ross then asks if she's more of a Tanya or a Nancy, and she's totally a Tanya. And then we get the why montage, and I thought that was fun. I love, I love any Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> I'm always here for it. But la la ring, la la ring. She says her look is sexy but classy, and that's why she's wearing that basic ass look. Carson asks Lala if she can beat Denali in a lip sync, and cue that segue. It's time to lip sync, which I had thought. Uh, that Denali was going to win. Well, Denali says she's a lipstick assassin, but not in ice skates. And that was the first moment I was like, ooh, I'm scared. Um, They did her dirty. They did her very, very, very dirty. Um, That being said, I have some theories. We'll get to it when we get to the okay. grouping. The two will be lip syncing to When I Grew Up by the Pussycat Dolls. And if you have not been to Denali's Instagram, please go watch her ice skating video to that song because it is incredible. It is. She's a flip. It's so good. The flip. It's so good. I can't flip. No. She can flip. She can flip. It was amazing. So Lala Ree is energy, and that's about it. She gives you energy. Yeah, she was very much like an energizer bunny in a white little tuxedo top. Yeah. Denali does all she can do in that non-performance outfit. She does a fucking cartwheel and skates. Which is where her titties get shown. Yeah. Which is why, again, I say... Don't wear that outfit. I personally think that that should have been a victory on its own, but whatever. How many times have we seen Queens lose their hair and still do fine? Monique Hart Mm -hmm. survived all of that season. Exactly. So as we said, Denali's top is falling down as she twirls her head and things are happening. And, but we love a gag and Denali's backbend and Lala Reese split both hit at the same time in that moment. Rue loves it. So what were her, her decision being? We'll find out after the break. <laughs> Ultimately, I personally think Rue made the wrong decision here and gives Denali the pork chop with Lala Re getting the victory. I am indifferent about these two queens. So I didn't really uh, care too, too much mm-hmm. about these characters that were introduced. 
you know, like because you create drag is like you creating a character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For most people, a lot of people, it's a it's a character you create, and it's or a more concentrated version of yourself. And I didn't really get who each of them were, which that's kind of what you have to like stamp the minute you walk in the workroom. You have to like be like, I am this person. Hi, I'm um. I'm Rosé, I'm New York's blah, 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 blah. Hi, I'm Olivia Lux, I'm blah, 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 blah. I, like, I knew exactly who they were when they started talking. You're an ice skating princess from Chicago, Illinois. That's so, that's all you do is ice skate? I you got who she else. was. But she's so much more from her Instagram. From her Instagram and the way people were talking about her, like the way Kimura was talking about her at the end of the episode. Much different person. Not always ice skating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would like to know who the entertainer is, who the persona is, not just this ice skating princess. Yeah, there's more to that, but like, there's more to Ariel. Well, here, here's what I'm going to say. I think Denali would have won if she was not in skate. No, not even to that. If pairings were potentially different, I, I'll, I'll say my conspiracy now. I think a lot of these pairings were meant on purpose because it set up a couple storylines. Yes, they knew as we move forward to the next pairing that Simone definitely in, in any slip sync in the world was going to be Tamisha. All the time, every time, no matter what. They're turning they, Tamisha into the underdog. They do. They did not want to have the Tamisha and Lala um, reunion in the pork chop lounge. They want them to have that reunion in a different moment. So you cannot put Lala as a loser here. Denali should have won, but they may. They'll. There is a reason why she didn't win. I think that's why this pairing ended up this way. Okay. Because it's we're we have they've not said on the show we know from uh, the preview and everything that we have the first mother daughter of the show of the series. Mm-hmm. This is not the moment that they wanted to have it. Yeah, and they also know well if you're gonna put the two of them together, there there's almost like a voting block alliance for what happens at the end of the show. Even though we're gonna have that same situation with Kamara and Denali, but we'll get to that later. <sighs> Denali is completely gutted over this decision. She walks down the stairs from the main stage, turns the card around. Bam! There's Joey sitting in the pork chop loading dock. What's going on up here? I didn't realize Alexis Mateo was joining us, everyone. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the wall has the first eliminated, eliminated queens. The two girls start to speculate just what has happened up in her. Are they going to be de-dragging at the airport? We'll find out soon. But we have all these gorgeous portraits of all the queens and their promo uh, looks. Except for Dahlia Sin, who's stuck in that fucking broccoli suit. Which, honestly, best look she had all season. <laughs> all two episodes she was on. Ooh. Let's be real. She's gotten a lot more airtime than a lot of queens on this franchise. Poor James Mansfield. Poor girl. Well, don't let the smooth taste fool you, baby. It's Simone. She mm. calls her, her drag real woman and loves strong women who've been through mm. things. And if you're black, even better. So she's going to love her lip sync partner soon. She is my dream. I think she is stunning. Simone, call me. I don't know what I know. There's been discussion before about how the show lights certain contestants lights. Rue. If you look at the lighting on Rue, always immaculate, flawless, perfect. Some Queens of color don't get that glory on the main stage. Uh, Lala Ree was not lit very well but there's something about how they lit simone flawless her skin was stunning i think that is also uh oil and mm-hmm. she wasn't wearing pads she was not Fair. wearing um i don't even know what to call it like a terrible halloween costume version of some sort of 
Candyland monster with giant shoulders <laughs> is what Tamisha looked like. I hated her outfit. Well, we'll get to Tamisha in a moment, but no, but that's I mean that's that's the thing is like Tamisha looks fine. Was like, it was more Lala that I that her she was not being lit as well, especially in confessionals. You could see oh her yeah yeah through. I was like, I thought we were talking about no, we haven't gotten to Tamisha yet. But, but that's, we were talking about Simone and Tamisha, right? No, I was just talking about Lala. But when we were just talking about Simone, yeah, we were talking about Simone, and and I was referring to how. Simone was lit beautifully, but Lala Ree was not. I thought we were talking about Simone. We are. We're talk- I was talking about both of them at the same time. What about Olivia? Oh, boy. Okay. Let's talk about Simone's look. I loved it. Um, The look <laughs> is by Michael Brambilla, hair by Gigi Good and Joshi Valentine. She just radiates. I think this is an exceptional concept. I do wish there was a little more body... Um, but this was very editorial. It was gorgeous. I mean, she is just stunning, and not many people could pull that look no, off. Nope, not at all. Also, where's your titty? Well, that's why I wish there was a little more padding, a little more. I don't need. To, I don't need padding. I just need you to wear a titty, tiny titty, a cup. We even had an a cup. Like, come on. This look, absolutely a toot. It's a toot from me, but where's your titty? Seventy-seven or a necklace. Toot. Fair. Twenty-three percent boot. Everyone really loves it. Her hair oh, was gorgeous. It was it was great. It was a great color for her. She radiated. It was stunning. She was also wearing a lot of oil. That's fair. Which is also why I think she was lighted beautifully because it was just reflecting everywhere. And that and like listen, what we'll, we'll keep on discussing and and there is a learning curve to drag on television. You you learn certain things at certain moments. Unless she, you're Coco trees. Fair. She she I think either got an, a, a heads up on how to paint herself and light get herself lit beautifully or she just knows some people just don't know that quite yet and you have to learn episode by episode but holler at her she knows uh you know her but actually i don't should i what's her name miss amon tamisha amon holding that mask is not the same as wearing the mask so like why even have it mama do you know who tamisha amon is outside in the real world no do you know that that viral splitting drag queen holding out for a hero dropping from the ceiling that's her daughter Okay. That's one of that's part of the Amon dynasty she was talking about. Right. Like she mm-hmm. is the matriarch of that. Gotcha. So like she is like if Nina West had won. Oh wait, she did. She did. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. She's like if Honey Davenport won. Oh wait, she's history. She's like all the other pageant queens that have been on Drag Race. Gotcha. Okay. Like all of them have done superbly well, but. I don't necessarily like what they bring to the stage because it lacks certain things. Fair. I mean, Tamisha is one of the baddest in the art form of female impersonation, she says. She reminds me of this combination of Jasmine Masters and Raja O'Hara. No. She's taste. Well, she... I mean, none of those people have taste, so that's a I mean, common denominator. Okay. But, like, no. She's, I, I don't think she would ever wear what anything Raja wore. Just, just the way that she paints is very... They, they, they paint very similarly. Wait, I was confusing people. Wait. Wait, I'm like baby mashing my them together in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, never mind, you're right. All right. Well, as we said, she's the dynasty of House of Mon. Simone calls her a mother figure. No shade, but that was total shade. She's a mother figure. She is. She's the matriarch. She literally, in her first confessional, was like, I'm the matriarch of the... Mon, Dinah, Steve, Mama. I know who I am. I know what I'm talking about. She, I mean, 
I have such mad respect for those kind of people because mm-hmm. that's like such not something that I've ever been able to be like, I'm gonna be a mother of 50. <laughs> bah. Her look. Um, at the time of recording, no designers are listed. Um, Sears. I, it was Sears. It was bad for me. It was Sears. It Again, was sales yeah. department Sears. If she is a pageant queen. Not a stone. Not a jewelry give us the necklace pa- give us, give us one. I'll take one of your old pageant gowns. Just put it on. This just didn't feel right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say put on one of your old pageant gowns. Grab me a presentation look that you've worn in the last 10 years. Sure. Give me something. But then again, I never said taste had anything to do with the fact that I like her. Fair. She's looking at her daughter, also wearing some trash. That's a great discussion to have. Once Maybe we- recycling, not trash. Maybe. Well, once again, we get confusion from the ladies. As the alarm goes off, Tamisha says Rue is supposed to come into the room, not them go to the floor. I think she's a wackadoo in the com- confessionals, and I'm here for it, and I love it. She's given some great lines, and we will discuss the line of the episode later. I will say that she does give me very much like Jasmine Masters, like, but Jasmine didn't do well on Drag Race and confessionals. Nope. Neither did Raja, really. No. So, like, better. Yeah. Great. Um, So, Michelle asks Simone if she's wearing Polaroids of herself, and if that means she loves herself, and duh. Why would she say otherwise? Come on, Michelle. Uh, Simone reveals that she grew up in Conway, Arkansas, which leads to a silly exchange where Rue says she dated a guy from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and then it leads to Rue maybe being Simone's grandma. But the moral of this exchange is Rue enjoys Simone's banter, and that will be a very good reason why she will be kept around, because Rue loves people who can talk to her. Also, you know what it also puts in? What? Rue's old. Well, that's that, that, I don't think Rue would ever deny that. True. She's had about four faces by now. It's yeah. Tamisha has done drag for 30 years and she reveals that she is not as great as she used to be, but she's as good as she should be. And for some people listening in that moment, like they're like, what are you talking about? And then she states that she is getting over stage three colon cancer. Gag. I mean, that, to reveal that the first interaction you have with RuPaul and the judges on the show and be so strong and confident about it. That really is that, that takes a strong human. Yeah. It's not like someone, it's not like she's like gonna leave and be um, like, Oh my God, I was molested. Right. At a college party. The biggest gag thus far is that Rue tells us that Tamisha was originally cast on season 12. And now I want to speculate a bit. Do we know officially who replaced her? The internet has Jada conspired that it may have been Jada Essence Hall. It was Jada Essence Hall. Um, mostly because we do know that Jada had less time to get ready for the show. It was Jada. Which is the gag that Jada ends up winning. Well, we all know who it would have won if some shit didn't go down beforehand. Well, that's very true. Yeah, so like, let's, let's not play games. I bet the minute that she was disqualified, people were like, yes! If I was in the top three and she got disqualified the first episode, I'd be like, yes! She's not going to well, win. Yeah. Bitch! So- yeah, I'd be like, oh my god, my biggest competition was just taken out by a third party. I love that. Yeah, come on, internet. Sometimes you do good things. Mm-hmm. Well, Tamisha says that she couldn't walk, and the cancer and radiation took control over her. And the fight to get back to Drag Race got her to where she is. And I think that was really, really a, a, a great moment. Um, as I said on the preview podcast, I think this moment is what the show was looking for, and I think they may be 
like, Tamisha, thank you for your time. We may not keep you as long as you want to be here. I mean, as Tamisha, if she, like, she is Tamisha Iman, right? Mm-hmm. Bitch, that's in my contract. I'm going to Kenny Dab and put my way to the top four. I don't know about that. I'm going to Kenny Dab and put my way to the top three. Top two, again. I'm going to make myself loved. You ain't not going to erase me until right before Snatch Game. Well, I think there's great cause to potentially erase her because the two of them are about to lip sync, lip sync to Pleasure Principle by Janet Jackson. Just going to say it. I had not heard that song before. Same. As someone who doesn't listen to Janet Jackson frequently, I apologize, but I had never heard that song. Um, Janet's not one of my superstars, so like, meh. Right. I think this was a very fun matchup because you have classic drag from Tamisha, who is serving robotic Janet moves. And then you have the modern, modern drag from Simone, who is giving you a performance with flair and just that great tinge of camp. Simone just radiates. And honestly, Tamisha just can't hold a candle. It's 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 not her Janet Jackson moment. It's Simone's. And I think if this is what Tamisha is going to bring on the main stage, on a lip sync, I'm very worried that you can't save her against these major queens. I don't know about that. There's some queens that are questionable, and who knows what will happen, like, in the game, you know? Right. But, that being said, could you imagine if you were uh, Coco Montrese right now? Right. I'd be pissed. Why? I'd be, she's, like, the Janet Jackson impersonator. Like, sure. I'd be pissed. Well, I'm sure it was, honestly, it was probably a rights issue before that by the time they finally got to Janet Jackson music. I'd be like, no, every single time I'm lip syncing on that stage, it's Janet Jackson. Well, maybe maybe no, there'll be more lip sync assassins coming on uh, in another season. Who knows? Oh my God, Tamisha Mon? Who knows? What's about to happen? Um, I mean, Simone's going to win. That was very We have obvious. another commercial break, so sit tight. And we're back. Uh, Simone, yeah, she wins. Tamisha got, gets the pork chop, and Tamisha is distraught, but she also turns the corner to see Denali and Joey. Tamisha is in shock and awe, and she wants to know why we are here. Denali doesn't think that it's the end, but Tamisha says that she got eliminated on that stage. Why? Because the lady said go home. She called RuPaul, the lady, the lady, the lady said go home. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is priceless. This is the confessional that we've all been waiting for. She called RuPaul, the lady. I loved it. It was so funny. I have never laughed so hard i just feel like there's a point in drag you know where you are just like i'm done with everyone's fucking opinions and so at that point especially if you've been the matriarch for that many years like mama i would be like i don't give a fuck about what this cross-dresser sitting on this stage is telling me it'd be like if sherry vine got on drag race or like head of lettuce or like lady bunny and rupaul was like walk away lady bunny would be like fuck you yeah, I, I'm gonna sit down here and take a nap. <laughs> like, there's literally no other person I don't think that have, has been on Drag Race that could call RuPaul the lady. Tamisha did, and you know what? If anything, if she goes home next week, this is a great legacy to have. The lady. The lady. Oh my god. Well, guess what? It is time to crash the system. Her story has been made for the as the first trans man contestant has walked through the workroom door. It is Gottmik. Fashion, designer, Picasso painting. She's campy, spooky, a clown, artistry thing. She guesses. She doesn't know. But she is here. I do want to say, I think it's important that we hear this quote from Gottmik, the way Gottmik said it. I am a transgender man, born a girl, transitioned to a guy, dressed like a girl for money. Very that. I think it's very playful, but it explains everything the audience needs to know about Gottmik. It's addressed. 
And now we move on and celebrate the artist that got my kiss. I just love the, the chin strap. <laughs> she never paints underneath her chin. And I, I, I love hate. I have a love hate relationship with her chin strap. It's that's all it's I a care signature about. Look, it's I wonder if she'll ever do anything different. That is my I, oh, absolutely. I know because she absolutely can paint a beautiful, glamorous face. And I know there will definitely be a challenge where that's going to come at some point. Hopefully. Um, I'm excited. But yeah, I, 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 I'm very excited. I think Gottmik had a great first impression, even when she falls out of her heel. It was, was funny. It was, it was all funny. Um, we learned that she has painted Cindy Crawford, Heidi Klum, Paris Hilton, and she's more than just a makeup artist. And this look. Um, the look by Ray Ortiz, hair by 1-800, wig takeout, nails by Queen Custom Claws. It's a floof. Um, maybe not my favorite, but easily an exceptional beat. Lots of ruffles. A lot of ruffles, but Love it's all that. paired perfectly with the um, the top where it just falls into each other. However, it is a leotard. It is a leotard. It's a leotard, mama. Um, Which is good for you. You can you have a leotard. Right. Some people don't have leotards. Shout out to them. But like it's a leotard, but it's amped up. And that's the thing that I think if you're just going to wear a leotard like Vanjie has done before. No, but if you're going to do a leotard and, and make it look like it's a purposeful look, then you get this slight pass. And that's what I think I was referring to with Joey is that it's not just a plain. You, you did something to it. This was something was We're going to back Joey and those fucking chicken feathers. You know who never wear chicken feathers? Got Mick. That's true. Well, I absolutely would give this a toot. Actually, you know, didn't I toot that outfit? I'm going to go back and I'm going to boot that. I'm sorry, Joey. Jay, you get a boot from me. You wore a fucking chicken. Everyone else has been tooted so far. You getting a boot. All right. Well, Gottmik, what are you giving? Tutor boot. I'm tooting you. Even though it's a leotard. You know what? It was fancy. Mm -hmm. It was fascinating. And you know what? It was fucking flimsical. Yeah. Well, uh, 85% of the audience went toot. 15% went boot. And those 15% were blind. I did have someone message me and said, who the fuck did that? And I was like, at that point, I was like, four people. Um, Yeah. Well, Utica enters the room, sneezes, puts the snot in her hair, and says, sickening. Maybe not the best entrance in COVID times, but hey, she's a fucking nutball, and I love it. I love it. She's like Cormac Kelly on crack. Oh, God, funny. Um, Yeah, she's a queen of the unexpected. This is the inflatable waving hands queen and always serving hot dish. So Midwest. I love it. I love I love Utica it. Because she's one of those people where if you sit down with her and you're like, what are you? She would probably talk to you for five hours and you still wouldn't get that answer. Oh, I get immediately who she is. No, 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 no. But her explaining it to you. Oh, I would never ask her. I would. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that'd be such a hard thing to do. Be like, that. you know how hard that is? Be like, who are you? Well, I'm... Because I don't think she knows. Like, it's not that she doesn't know. She's so many things. That's yeah. cool. She's crazy. Um, She's kooky. I, She's I, weird. I, I love it. Yeah. But I will say... She can also lip sync. She can. Her outfit, however. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss this. this. I will say, the first two looks we've seen from her from promo and reveal, A+. This, not so much. Um, the look is by Utica. Strawberry and nails by Ness Bond. Hair by Sissy Tops. There is just a lot going on. This is the third look we've seen from her. Not my favorite, but I just don't love the strawberry because it comes out of left field, and I don't think all these patterns match at all. And the other looks, they all match, and there's a story behind it. This one just doesn't work i did see on her, her instagram that this was like utica's debut look that she wore at one point oh so it's a throwback to that 
So that's I get when you trip see metallic and you walk in and be like, it still fits. Right. Oop, I, I think I think this is a good trajectory for Utica moving forward. Like a, she is a fashion queen. She she's a designer. She knows what she's doing. So I think this was a purposeful moment. Not a great look. I agree. I sadly I love Utica, but I'm going to give it a boot. Um, I like the pants a lot. The trousers were fantastic. There were pieces. They were all pieces that didn't work together. Yeah, but it doesn't all have to work to be drag. No, but it has to look fine. At least it wasn't chicken feathers. Some of the two did. Okay. Well, the audience went 65% to 35% boot. Not blind. Um, yeah. Well, the alarm goes off, lighting changes, and Gottmik loves that it's matching her outfit. Ross asks how Gottmik uh, describes herself, and she's inspired by Clown, uh, black and white, but with a vibrant campy touch. Carson asks if she's a lip sync assassin and got Mick says no, but she can lip sync the house down for sure. Bullshit. Michelle <laughs> wants to know how this describes Utica and why there is a strawberry on her head. So Utica states that she was allergic to strawberries growing up and this is a testament to her getting through it. Michelle laughs. We laugh because it's a fucking kooky answer. And if this is what we're going to get from Utica all season, I'm so excited. I love Utica. I do too. I love um, Utica style though is taking the pattern this pattern and that pattern and this pattern and that pattern, putting it in a jar, shaking it all up with a touch of polish, but just a touch. And then we get to see the demonstration of her doing it. And this is just another reason to love her because she's she's fun. She's she's, yeah. she's playful. She's here to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that about someone. But I think there's something about Utica that she hides behind a bit of a wall because Rue immediately knows that Utica is nervous as all hell. And then we got that fun Utica feel it in her nuggets and we get that we all love nuggets moment yeah um but she she is a nervous nelly she gives me very much like crystal method vibes yes very much that yeah it's it's crystal and evie together so right off the bat we get another great lip sync song it is rumors by Lindsay lohan fantastic song how have we not gotten it so far i have no idea but fantastic fucking song um I feel like this was a very even lip sync, but I think Gottmik had more attitude while Utica just went full camp. Had some hair issues that caused her to get distracted, but Utica's campiness on this particular song, I don't know if it was the right decision because it's not necessarily a campy song. There's not much lyrical playfulness to it. It's a rap song. Lindsay Lohan is low-key a raptress on this song. Okay. She is much like Kesha. Sure. I think Gottmix gave a serviceable performance, but I fear that um, that you put her against some of the other queens on a different song. She may not have won. No, um, but I still had fun. I yeah. enjoyed watching the two of them do what they did. But she did a jump split, and that for Rue is always a winner. Uh, that's <laughs> why she wore a leotard. Mm-hmm. Um, but guess what? It's break time again. Rue saves Gottmix, obviously, because otherwise that would look very, 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 very bad off the bat. Nah. Nah. Um, but I will say Utica leaves with an excellent exit line. I'll get you for this RuPaul. It was great. That was so good and it was wasted on this moment. Well, she's going to be around for a minute, I hope. I hope so too, but that th- such a smart moment. Again, this this is why I'm excited for Utica. Yeah. Well, it's time. Rose walks in like the campy queen she is. She opens her mouth with a blacked out tooth. She could have gone to the dentist. 
Um, I, I'm not even going to attempt the sound that came out of her mouth because it was just, hey. it was funny. It was very, it's it was great. very, very rosé. She resides on the intersection of Whitman Avenue and Fashion Boulevard. I think that's very accurate. Um, she says that she's a comedy queen, that if Jim Carrey and Robin Williams had a daughter, that's her. And then let's not forget that she appeared on The Voice in America's Got Talent because that had to be thrown in there because other people are going to talk about it later. She did the shtick for an empty house, which is something she is not used to doing. So she wipes off that tooth and funny again. She's very, she knows how to play to a camera. She's been very funny her entire career, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I love Rosé. Rosé is my sis. Yeah. So this look, hair by hair by Sherelle, look patterned by Florence Lee, built by Griffin Petraea. I think this is a beautiful look. It's signature color to Rosé. I think it's sexy with a hint of seduction. Um, I wish the shoes were pink, but that's like incredibly nitpicky. And that's just my love for monochromatic. It gives me very much like a uh, pink lady meets like bad Sandy vibes. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the aesthetic of it, but I don't think that it should have been um, a leotard. <laughs> okay, well, all I'm going to say is it's the jacket. The jacket is what wins here. The jacket is incredible, and don't be surprised when every drag queen begs for one of their own in their own color, or something like it. If you've seen it before, maybe another queen from the NYC has something very similar, but I'll let you figure that one out. Uh, you know um, where I've seen it before? Where? The Machina, uh, Moschino Barbie. It's literally the mm-hmm. outfit. It is that jacket dress yeah i mean i really loved it i i absolutely will give it a two you know who else wore that who casey musgraves to wear his gown we stand casey musgraves in this house yeah i gave it a two but mm-hmm. it should have been like a dress a little the, bit the audience was not as high on board for this which is very shocking to me um 67 percent to 33 percent food really, really not i disagree with that wholeheartedly um but wow it's the gag new york city was waiting for Lux be a lady tonight. Olivia lights up a room and now she's on Drag Race. She's that diva, but a nice diva. We love that. So New York meets New York. We learned that the last time they saw each other in drag was at Lady Liberty, in which Olivia was a contestant and Rosé was hosting. Notice how she didn't say she was the winner. Correct. Correct. I, I don't even know who that one. I was um, not around for it, so. That's the one Elise did. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, Olivia was has... Camp. Who? The theme was camp. Yeah, I don't remember. Olivia has been doing drag for about a year and a half. Rosé is surprised Olivia is here because she thought she might have needed a little more time to ripen, but her smile and Rosé just can't wait to knock those teeth out one by one. Funny, funny. Um, But let's talk about Olivia and her look. Look by Puretta Victory, hair yes. by Serena Cha-Cha. Okay, well, I think this is beautiful. I think she sells it so well. It's signature Puretta with originality. I think it's an incredibly fashionable look. Uh, the colors are cute. The thing that I don't love as much is the hair because it's like wild yet tamed and it's not symmetrical, which is what Olivia usually does. I think, I don't know. There's something about the hair that I didn't love, but for a year and a half of drag, whatever you want to say about her, Olivia Lux knows how to paint her face. Olivia's gorgeous. It, the, the, the beach she is, is so is, kind. Is beautiful. She is. I love Olivia. Um, I really like this look. I love the look. It's giving me very much like yogurt vibes, that old school yogurt. That it, the meme has gone around. It's yeah. very cute. It's very funny. Love that. Um, it's very much Sasha Velour. It's very well, Sasha. It's designed it's very by Greta. Uh, I love what it does and how it is. You can perform it. That's the thing I like about Olivia. The thing that I've seen about all of her looks that are elaborate 
is that they are two pieces. Because you know what you can do? Take it off and well, we'll, still we perform will, we will it. We'll discuss that momentarily. But, uh, just, but... Even her promo look. Mm-hmm. That bustle comes off. Right, of course. Mama knows how. Well, Mama yeah. does it. She's smart. The alarm she sounds. Spend the money. They race to the main stage with their very, very, very tiny purses. The smell of hairspray and desperation pervade the air. Rosé says that this outfit is because RuPaul says that if you want to make money, you have to wear a suit, but she never understood that, so she wore this instead. She's funny. Very funny. Yes. Carson comes in with the shade of the episode. It's great. He says, I think I recognize you from New York. Are you part of that girl group with Jan? Rosé responds, yes, I am Stephanie's child. Almost sounds like she is Stephanie's child, the way she said it. Very funny. She is one of Stephanie's children. Yes. Carson goes... Are you planning on lasting a little bit longer than Jan? And Rosé says, I, ap- I am absolutely planning on lasting longer than Jan. Olivia's mouth drops. Just says all of us in New York, our mouth drops as well. I was like, that's so shady and funny and mean. On whose part? Carson! Both parts, honestly. Rosé had to respond that way. You can't say anything else. It was so funny with what Carson, like... It's almost like a setup for a potential, you know, All-Star 6. I don't know. But this was so funny. Could you imagine? Yeah, I could. Could you imagine? I could. That'd be crazy. What if they um, just kept Rosé longer? I, who knows? But I thought it was so funny the way Carson spoke about this. Um, because you know the fandom on Twitter was dying. Mm-hmm. I was dying. Olivia says that her outfit is because she loves a good showgirl moment and it's a theater curtain moment. And sure, we'll go with that. Uh-huh. She loves um, Sasha Lauren. Loves Pieretta. Mm-hmm. Ross asks how an Olivia Lux show would be different than any other drag show. So she says that she loves to incorporate live elements, including sitting down at the piano. It's a New York versus New York moment. Olivia versus Rosé. On paper, I think we all had Rosé as the winner. This is a very great lip sync, I think. Again, great song choice. X's and O's by Ellie King. I am obsessed with this song so much. Glad it finally made it to the show. Rosé drops the purse immediately. Olivia holds on to it for a bit longer. Rosé just gives you that revenge and passion in her performance. Olivia goes like a bit campier full on and does that like getaway move with the like yeah. the, the, the thing. And I, I've seen another queen do that same exact thing that whatever um um oh uh but here's my conspiracy theory and we, we you mentioned it before olivia had that skirt come down to reveal the bodysuit did, did did she know this was gonna happen it was a pure coincidence it doesn't matter i know a lot of queens nowadays plan for anything and to be lip sync ready i as you said very smart very good if all of her looks do that great fine She's ready. She's ready for the show. And that's how you have to be getting ready for Drag Race now. You need to be ready for any twist coming at you. You need to be ready to perform. That's so. a drag is performance. Mm-hmm. So very smart. And even with the, the, the skirt part gone, it was a good look. Yeah. It was still rouged out in the center, still stoned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I like everything about Olivia's look except the hair. Fair. Agreed. Well, Rosé is really tops when it comes to the lip sync and the words. Um... In a live setting, I probably would keep my eyes on Rosé performing than I would Olivia. But this is not a, a, a live setting because the editors are telling us what to watch. And we are watching a lot of Olivia in this performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the editors also are telling us how to feel because 
based on Carson's eye roll, I think Rosé's official downfall in this performance was the death split drop, whatever that was supposed to be, where she was doing that split, but it turned into a death drop. It wasn't clean. And based on how Carson did that, like, slight, oh, that wasn't a great moment, I think that's what the editors wanted us to feel. I thought that that move was great uh, but, for my, me, myself, and I. But Carson's eyes didn't think so. And that's I, that's what they wanted us to feel because I personally do think Rosé would have been the winner. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I I was a little gagged. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't think Olivia can perform. No, not I've at all. I've seen Rosé perform many times. Mm-hmm. I've thrown many a dollar at her in my, my career. Same. Well, who ends up winning? It's Olivia Lux. Wait, no commercial? Nope, because we need to discuss how Olivia just beat Rosé and Rosé is getting the pork chop. And we know Rosé, this moment was probably psychologically devastating for her. And you could tell. Um, this was a rare moment of watching Rosé in defeat. And, like, that was hard to watch. It was funny. It was funny? Why Why? I funny? thought it was funny. Because, like, she's, like, so shocked at what's going on. Right. And, and I mean, still... in the moment, reality TV, reality mm-hmm. TV meeting, right? Watching that happen on TV, I was like, that's funny. Like, being, like, to these 12 people and then putting them in a room together and being like, so you're not eliminated. That's very reality TV. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, like, you have to be prepared for that kind of mental torture. And... I'm not saying how I would have reacted because I would probably would have cursed someone out. Sure. But I mean, Rosé handled it and it was funny. Absolutely. About it. I mean, she, it must be so difficult to keep your composure in that moment. And she did. Um, and then you have Olivia saying that she's confused and might, I feel like she felt a little bit guilty just the way her uh, connotation was coming out. But Rosé is confused too. And she goes by, I think, um, because she's a fan of the show. She knows what's coming. You don't just eliminate someone like that. That's not how drag race works. Um, but we're going to go to commercial now because we're almost complete with the show. Oh my God. Yes. New York is in the house again. Oh my God. Didn't your parents ever teach you not to play with fire? Let's turn it and burn it. Tina Burner has finally walked in the workroom of RuPaul's Drag Race. For how many years? She is a staple in the drag community. She has a reputation of having a lot to say and she will not be silenced. And we have a lot of fire imagery and that's what we call branding. Branding, branding, branding. Listen, if you know how to brand yourself, you are going to be successful when you're done with the show. Start off from the bat. She knows what she's doing. Let's talk about the look. The outfit concept by Florence Lee, um, created by David Dalrymple, hat, boots, belt, and purse by John Brandon, jewelry by Gems by Genesis, nails by Production Value, gloves by Wing and Weft. It's a brilliant concept. Um... Tina wants to ensure that brand is the prime focus, and she nailed it. This was, again, branding. Um, I will say there were some people who said it looked like Ronald McDonald. Unfortunately, you cannot unsee that. But hey, it's still camp. It's still fashion. Whatever. Now, ready for the trend alert? This is the fourth queen on the season from New York City with a purse. (laughs) They all had a purse. I don't know who we're talking about. Okay. The only thing I will say is that for TV, the smoky eye made her look like they were just black holes. I don't think that was her fault because that is a paint that she does. I think it's just one of those TV learning curves because it was it, it, her height is just so much taller than most of the other people they're filming. It just didn't help her. And I don't, but it's not her fault. 
because they put her on the show knowing that's how she paints. And I know that there's going to be an evolution of makeup because it's seen after the show. Yes, her makeup is gorgeous. And I love um, David Dalrymple and Florence Delee. And Gems by Genesis. I'm going to give this look a two. It was smart. It was very campy. It's very fashion. It's very Tina Burner. I will say that only Tina Burner can get away with this outfit. So I'm going to give it a two. Absolutely. That's called branding. It's perfect. Audience, 71% to 29% boot. The Mackie doll is finally out of her box. Say hello to Kamora Hall, who is I, living that rich white woman fantasy. I love Kamora Hall. I love her. I love her fashion sense. Her Instagram is lit. Go follow her. She's very good. Um, I love Bob Mackie. I love his designs. I love the fact that she has them because that is very, like, I would totally love to own a bunch of Bob Mackies. He once complimented one of the outfits I had. Do you know that orange little shiny thing that looks like a Bob Mackie dress? Wow, cool. That's that's fun. It was sitting at, a, at a, my ex's a, my, a body form in a studio and Bob Mackie was like, look at my knockoff. <laughs> and I was cool. like, yes, it is. Thanks, you, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> she gave it to me. <laughs> Kamora reminds Tina that it's Ka, not Kim. And somewhere there is some homo who is making a Liza with a Z parody as we speak. That homos you. No, I'm not that smart. Ha, huh, that's a good musical. Uh, <laughs> um, Kimora knows who Tina is and knows she's one to watch out for. And then Kimora tells her that she looks like a sexy hot dog and Tina thinks she's shady and things you can't unsee. Sexy hot dog. I would never describe Tina Burner as sexy. So that just, I didn't understand that. Hot dog, yes. Hot dog from like Sausage Party, yes. I have not seen that movie. Oh my God, Talking Sausage, Tina Burner. All right. Well, um, also, if you have not seen um, The Masked Singer UK, one of the characters is um, a sausage. Tina Burner. It's not Tina Burner. Um, But there is rumors that the dragon, spoiler alert, may be Courtney Act. (gasps) That would be the same. Wait. It's very, it it could be Courtney Act. Wait. She masks her voice well enough, but she sings You Got a Friend in Me. And she she's a dragon and her stomach is rainbow. It, I think it's Courtney Act. Oh, wait, I love that. Yeah. I can't believe Tina Burner and Courtney Act are the same season. <sighs> there you go. Um, Kimora's look. Dress by Bob Mackie. Hair by Wigs and Grace. Jewels by G. Walton. Nails by Boy Nails. Who she altered it? She also tagged who altered it. Did you clock that? Who? She talks about who altered the dress, too. I didn't she's see like, that. In one of her posts, she's like, Oh, yeah, this is my Bob Mackie, but I had to have it taken in because I'm a sample size. Right. I'm like, bitch, you're not a sample size. You're wearing hair that is the weight of your entire body. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's crazy. Right now, you're not a sample size. You were definitely twice the amount. So wait, who way. altered it then? I don't, I don't oh. know. Well, she is the I Mackie doll. I paid attention to that. I just read it. It's, it's, it's a stunning garment, but I don't know who she is from it. That being said, I just, I'm just i longing for a little originality from Kimora because, when, again, three looks we've seen so far. She likes ex- ex- expensive things, but how much? Give me a little more. That being said, the hair is huge and overpowering, and and it, it's a lot to take in. She also needs to change the color of her lace. Because it is too too light for her, Mama. I can see that you're wearing a, a wig. Garment alone, this is a two. It's yeah, it's gorgeous. a two. I I also wish that there was like most of Bob Mackie stuff has like stoned the house down. This wasn't really sparkly to me, mm-hmm. and I like sparkle. That's fair. That's fair. It's drag. But now, sometimes you don't need to sparkle that much. I think every outfit needs a rhinestone. Yep. Unless it's like sequins. All right. Well, so there's well. a song and dance moment with Elliot. And I'm not even going to try to recite it because white girls can't dance. But she can. Split. She can. She can. 
She can split um, everyone. She's shown us on the promo and she showed us in this lip sync. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she is a housewife with a secret and has been doing drag since, since she's 15 years old. Tina says that Elliot might have just gone power walking with her mom. Very funny line. Um, and Tina can only think about E.T. and that maybe Elliot needs to phone home. We love a reference. I love Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. So Elliot had seen Tina at a drag brunch in Vegas, to which Kamara asks if her look is inspired by Vegas. Oh, that is shade. That's how I would have asked, too. You're talking about you're from Vegas and you're walking in a thrift store look. I liked it, but like... Not every Vegas queen is a showgirl. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Have you met them? Have I've you met, been to Vegas? I, I have. I've been to have Vegas. Have you seen them? Yes, I went to the drag brunch and I um, got to interview uh, uh, Miss Montrese. Oh my God, go watch that podcast. Yeah, podcast. go listen to it. Yeah, 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 go listen to that. Do it. Um, no, I went to the drag brunch and uh, Kahana was there. I got to, we interviewed her afterwards and uh, India was there and uh, Chanel and it was a, it was great fun. We loved we loved it. It was so much fun. Hmm. But Elliot with two T's. Uh, this outfit is by Miss Crazy Pants Store. Jewels by the real Victoria Fox. It's very basic. It's a statement of mediocrity. Um, I think the look is fine for, um, you know, like walking around at a bar after a show. This is not an entrance look. If this would have been like her workroom, like one of the workroom looks, like a quick drag look, I would have lived for it. Right. If you would have taken off the jacket and had like some like big puffy red sleeve, I probably would have lived. If the jacket was also red and attached to the top, Mm -hmm. I would have loved that. Yeah. Like that would have been a good look, like a crop jacket with big puffy sleeves. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm questioning why this look for this moment. Um, the hair is very sexy. We've seen it on many queens before. Yeah, but do um, I look for a rocks that wig all the time? Hibiscus wears it too. Yeah. It's a great wig. It's a dancer wig. It's a dancer wig. It sure is. It sure darn is a fucking dancer wig. Um, I'm just overall underwhelmed by the look. And it's, it's fine, but not for this occasion, I think. Because again, put, you just had her enter behind Tina and Kimura, who went all out in their looks. And then you have Elliot, and you're like, girl, come on. I mean, Tina does go all out, like, always. Of course. Like, so that's something that she is, I, I admire her for that. She always is willing to throw a dollar where it needs to be thrown to make herself look the best she can. Right, and if you, and, and Kimura clearly as well. If you've got the money to do it, great. Money shouldn't be the definition of how dra- good of drag you are. But in good this at situ- drag you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this situation, it definitely sets you apart. But mm, disagree, because if you can sew or if you can um, fashion Nova is a great place to get sure. some stuff that or many designers have been mad that they're ripping off. That's that's true. You know, but I just think that you can find really extravagant things online for not super expensive and then add Alter to it. them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is some of the fun of drag is that being able to make something from nothing. Mm hmm. Uh, not that I mean, obviously neither Kamora or Tina did that, but I think that Elliot, if Elliot tagged someone that made this outfit, that is a concept she brought to them that she wanted to wear. So that's just taste at that point, Fair. in my opinion. Like, why would you wear chicken feathers on the show? And we're back. We're back to the chicken feathers. I'm sorry, they're fucking chicken feathers. Well, How the, dare you? The, the alarm main stage now. That's all we get. Um, and then we have the little confessional where Elliot can't raise her eyebrows because all that pump honey. Elliot reminds me of Acacia Forgot. Really? Yeah. Like out of drag. Looks wise. Okay. Interesting. I don't see that. 
They have those cute little button nose. No, I don't see it. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, guess what? We have a commercial before we go to the main stage. What? I'm not shook. What? So Take Michelle- a break. Yeah. Take a selfie, y'all. Take a break. Take a selfie. Michelle calls Tina a New York legend, and Tina says that means she's old. Tina's got good banter here, um, which is, again, a good sign for longevity on the show. Uh, Tina says that she speaks to who she, this look is, speaks to who she is as she is campy, sassy comedy queen. So like Tina Burner, turn it and burn it, burn it in the house. So she's here to put out the fire with that large hose. Very pageant answer. Tina knows how to give a great pageant answer as she's done it many, many times. Tina is prepared. And that's more than we can say about many other people who have touched foot on the main stage before. Yes. Tina has been waiting for this for the last like six years. Um, I think. I mean, she says about in her uh, confessionals mm-hmm. that she's like been auditioning for so many years. Yeah. So like we know that she's been trying and we can see on like these queens when they post them eventually to YouTube and they review them. We see that's been mm-hmm. happening with like Monet and Bob. We I I can't wait for her to Tina to go through and like rip apart her past looks because they you just get better and better and better. And especially when you want to get on the show and you see the level of what they want on the show, mm-hmm. you start preparing that level of stuff. Absolutely. And so if you have that level prepared and then you go on the show with already that artisanal of drag, mm-hmm. holy shit. But it's also important to know who you are when you are speaking on the show as well. And that's what Tina did well in this moment. Tina's, Tina knows who's, who she is. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that Tina's going to have a great career after this. Yep. Well, Tina is also um, going to tell us a secret that um, not many people knew, but she was in a boy band at age 19. She was. Um, We get some funny back and forth with Ross, and there's so much back and forth to talk about facts. Um, Mm -hmm. Do do you... I I didn't do the research yet. Uh, What is this boy band? Uh, From what I can tell... I mean, when I knew Tina, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. If you searched her boy name, if you searched her drag name, there was nothing. nothing. Okay. I don't know. I have not done the research now because honestly, I, I've not been. I I know a lot about Tina, and um, there's very few things that I think that she was she would be able to say <laughs> on national television that I already don't know about her. So, mm-hmm. I, I would I I'm excited to see what she shares with the world. Yeah. Well, I am sure that Reddit will find it out quickly because. Those Redditors have no time to do much of anything. Um, I do need to show you one thing really quick. Okay. Are you ready for this? I, I am ready for this. You sure about this? I think so. What are we looking at? Do you know who that is? Uh-huh. And I am looking at a picture of Tina with Graham Norton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did hear about this um, uh, during one of the preview things. Very interesting. Very fascinating. I think this is cool. Um, for those who might forget, Graham Norton is also a judge on Drag Race UK, which is coming back very soon, and I'm very excited for that season as well. Have me back. I'll do another episode. Yeah, well, we'll talk some shit. I love talking shit. We, we, there, I, I, there's potentially 24 episodes within the next four months that I'm going to be recapping. So honestly, though, like the thing is about Drag Race in general is that you just have to be really like these people are doing reality TV. So mm-hmm. like whatever they are portrayed on reality TV is not who they are in person. But you know what this reality TV show does for us, us drag queens? It gives us a career that's going to last. If you are a good reality TV person, you can milk that reality TV gig for years. There are Absolutely. people that have done the challenge for 15 years, and that is all they do, and that's how they make their money. Absolutely. Exposure, friends. Exposure. Well, speaking of expose, Elliot looks like a member of expose, according to Rue. 
Um, Elliot loves an 80s throwback and dancing. Um, she is not Brooklyn Heights, but she was a ballet dancer and worked on cruise ships. Um, I don't know if that was trying to throw shade at cruise ship working or not. I'm not, I'm really not sure why we discussed cruise ships in that moment. Um, I think it's because she's used to turbulence, which we can see when she starts dancing on the stage. Gotcha. So, uh, I'm interested to see how much of a, I really want to know how good of a dancer she is. Yeah, me too. Because in one of the confession, in one of her like questions, she was, I think it was with Monet Exchange when they did another Meet the Queens thing. They were like, are you better than Alyssa Edwards? And she yes, dodges the answer. She did. So like, if you're going to, mama, I don't need to see you if you're going to keep dodging the question. Mama, I want you to be the most confident version of you mm -hmm. who can take on anyone. You know what? If they ask me ever, you know, if, if I was ever against Alyssa Edwards on stage and they looked me dead in the eyes and I was like, they were like, do you think you're going to win this lip sync? I'd be like, yes. Yes, I do. Inside, I'm shitting myself. I'm shitting my tights and I'm pissing all over. But and what you would do is you would plank. I probably would do a cartwheel into a plank, actually. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, you know what? Rip her wig off. No, drag is not a contact sport. I on accident, my ring got caught. Sorry, mama. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I don't condone that. Not at all. Oh, just like run over to her and be like, do, 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 do. rip. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Well, moving on. Rue just watched Beyond the Valley of the Dolls and her end. And Kamora's hair is inspired by that. Carson wants to know who designed her look, and she shares this original Bob, Bob Maggie. Maggie. And Carson is just absolutely gagged here. Bob Maggie! Then we, then we learn that Jada Essence Hall is her big sister, and that the House of Hall is known for great shoulders and great clavicles. I love a good clavicle. Yeah, not for me. So, the song is Lady Marmalade. And before we dive into the actual performance, I have to say that this may not be a great song for the show simply because the cut was not good. Um, it's called The Fifth Ring. What, what, what's the Tanderburner's band is called The Fifth Ring. Wow, we found it on Reddit. I knew it. It, was, it had to be there. There's a clip on YouTube. Nope, we will not play it right now. We are, uh, oh, nope, that's not what it is. That nope, definitely was New Wave Queens from season eight of Drag Race. <laughs> nope. No, no, no. <laughs> Try to be um, street meat, you know? Okay, back to Lady Marmalade. Sorry about that, um, everyone. Um, I don't think this was a great song choice simply because the cut was weird. Um, and also, three performers and not have a fourth one? Come on, Rue, step it up there. Actually, the fourth performer was the Lipstick Assassin. She just never showed up. Fair. Um, yeah, I... Okay, so I, I will say it. Tina dominated the performance. Like, New York is home to incredible lip syncers. This fucking proved it. Also, she looked like the big friendly giant walking around that stage. I, I really would love to know how tiny uh, Elliot is. Like she towered over her. Also, like how tall is Got Mick? I don't know. Tiny, how tall? Tiny. Tiny, tiny person. Tiny, tiny. Um, Tina did go a bit sexual, which is very surprising that it, we did ha show have that shown on air. To be fair, she was wearing gloves. Yes. Um. So I do. I do wonder if that's going to be a thing that will happen throughout. If she is going to get a little sexual, and if that will be aired. Probably. Um, Have you seen her show? Uh, no, I, 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 I'm aware of that. I'm just saying for Drag Race, if they will air it. Kimora thinks her Bob Mackie works for all occasions, but I'm not really sure on that, especially for this song. It could work if you are a good performer. Right. Well, and not wearing hair that is weighing down your entire tiny body. Like, like I said, none of the, I don't think these queens are ready for a fucking performance in these certain looks. Um, you know who was? Who? Olivia Lux. And she was. Well, you know who also was? Who? 
both bitches that wore leotard. That's true. Well, we get to the Lil Kim part, and Tina just jumps right in front of the two of them, which I really do think sealed her victory. Yeah, you got to be confident. I'm not here to watch not a confident drag queen on Drag Race. That is the if they're gonna call it the Olympics of drag, you got to be confident. You know what? Who's not like timid? Usain Bolt. Mm-hmm. You know who's not timid? Nastia Lukin. Sure. You know who's gonna come out and do a, a triple cartwheel axle? I think that's the thing, right? Sure, go with Nastia it. Lugan, Simone Biles. Yes. Give me those, I think that's her name, Simone Biles, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me. One. Look at me pulling names out of my ass. Gus Kentworthy, that's another one. Yes. Adam Rippon. He's my favorite. I love him. Adam Rippon, if you would like to marry me, I'll gladly marry you. Same, sis. Anyway, Elliot didn't even seem present. Um, And, like, she had an easy outfit to dance in, but she didn't do anything. Move anything. She did a center split. Wait, she did the camera. She did the Cameron Michaels. She did the Cameron Michaels. Oh, my God, but without Cameron's human hair. Right. <laughs> Tina is a Clydesdale. She's not going to. Yes, she's, she is. She's gonna oh, my God. Girls. She is. Listen, call yourself a Clydesdale. If you were aware of the joke, go for it. Own it. You know what they do to Clydesdales when they break their legs, though? Oh, God. What? They shoot him. All right. Before Rue makes her decision, we have one more commercial break. So we get back and Tina says she will give up masturbating for a year just to hear Tina Burner, Shantae, you say. Well, Tina, if you're listening. Please tell me if you have, in fact, given up masturbating me because, damn, that is fucking impossible. Good for you if you have done that. I could never personally. Um, if you, I will, you, you can have a pass because no one should stop masturbating because everyone needs to masturbate. Oh, yeah, Tina wins lip sync. Um, good editing by the editors. This is very smart. Yeah, she was funny. It was very funny. Was funny. Very, very good. Um, Tina gave a lot to the camera to work with. That was positive, yep. which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamara and Elliot look defeated, walk off the stage as they were both They turn the corner and see their fellow eliminated sisters. And we get our first sister reunion as Kimura and Denali know each other from Chicago and they Uh hug it out. Elliot is like, they can't send us home. And Rose kind of slightly snaps at her and they're like, they kind of can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, Y'all, they're under immense stress. So like, calm down, bitch. Are people saying shit about Rose? No, no, I, oh. I'm i just saying, like... I was like, uh, I no, thought it was funny. No, I'm just talking about more Elliot being like, bitch, you, we all were here already. You, you don't also, need to Mama, say that. it's reality TV. Don't forget that. Right, and then you have Denali, who's very level-headed here, very, yeah. knows the game is playing, and El- Elliot is just freaking the fuck out. You pl- you play the game. You are literally signed a contract saying that you're going to play the game. Yeah. Play the fucking game. So Joey asks what the winners are doing, and we get another great editing moment where we cut to the winners in the workroom. And they are all laughing, having a great time with bubbly in their hand because product placement. You know who also did a lot of bubbly? Who? Tina and Rosé this and year. And Candy. Candy too? Yeah. I didn't know that. I think Candy was part of the, the campaign. Okay. So we see the first winner walk in and it's Tina and the girls are gagging. Candy gets the confessional talking about how Tina auditions every year and she loves her to death, but she needed to get on before she died. Ha ha ha. Simone comments that it's a New York girl that is a comedy and campy queen and you have to watch out for them because they may not be gorge in the face cut to tina editing again but that don't mean that they aren't competition Smart. i believe i believe you called them black holes of eyes i did because that was that is a signature tina look that didn't work for camera that's all i'm saying it's a camera thing it's not a tina burner thing it's a camera thing it's okay fine it's definitely a Tina Burner thing because that's how she paints her face. Okay. Well, I, we I will go through all the photos I've ever taken of her and 
show that it works for close-ups, like not for camera. Anyway, we are going to continue. As Just Tina, watch Shade Queens of NYC. You can see that she she's really good at painting her face orange. Okay, Tina finds out that they are all in the winner circle, and Olivia reveals that she lip sync against a New York sister, Rose, and cue the backstory because we need to have some storyline starting here. Tina seems confused. Rose is there. Um, Tina is gagged that Olivia beat Rose, who she thinks is probably beside herself right now. She says that Rose is a bit more of a seasoned queen and starts to mock her a bit when she says that she couldn't lip sync. The girls speculate if the other girls are gone and they all think that they are still there. So we go back into the pork chop loading, pork chop loading dock. Uh, Rose finds out that Tina Burner beat Elliot and Kimora and she says she's here. Tina won against you beauties. We'll learn a little bit about this um, rivalry. I don't know. Is this a thing? I don't know. Um, Rosé doesn't think Tina likes her. Is this truth? I don't know. I personally don't know. I have not seen that with my own eyes. I do not know. I have no clue. Um, But the editors are really wanting us to know. So a bell goes off. Yeah, it yeah, it they're definitely setting something up between the two of them, though. Oh, fully um, because this is the only main plot line that we've really gotten that I know is going. It has to move forward within the show. And like what we know about the show, uh, you don't start something without finishing it. Yeah. Well, a bell goes off and Rue says that the departure van is arriving soon and they are all gutted. The lady said, go home. Come back. Wait. Michelle reminds Rue that she's just eliminated half the cast. So Rue comes back on the intercom and reveals that all is not lost. You mean reveals. Reveals. And that they all they all have a chance to return to the competition, but they must give one of their fellow queens the chop. Oh, All-Stars bullshit has arrived, as Denali says. This is the only survivor we're getting in 2021, so I'm here for it. Really? They haven't filmed anything. Oh, well. So. You know what? Here we go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before we moved on, move on to Untucked, I just want to say, I understand you're all feeling emotions. You're all sad. Things are, you don't know what's happening. Y'all are fucking rude that none of you said, told Utica that her wig was falling down. Oh, poor girl. I understand it's a heavy wig, but. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> also, like, you can tape it down or pin it down or glue it. But no one told her. They should have yeah. told her. Yeah. You're sitting right next to her. Whatever. It's Utica. She maybe she put it that way. I also, know. like it's the untucked. Like if I was going home too, I'd be like, I'm unstrapping this shit. Right. Well, they probably told her don't tug. Told them all don't touch a thing. So we have a cliffhanger. Who will be eliminated? Oh, I don't know. Let's talk about untucked a little bit. They also say that they're gonna. Um, you have to vote for who goes home. Right. At the end of that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we gotta vote. I felt Untucked <clears throat> was incredibly clunky yes. in its editing. Again, more whiplash um, because we go back and forth and it, it's we've seen so much when then we're going back in time, but forward in time, it, it, it was a lot. But we start with the first five queens getting the pork chop and going to the pork chop loading dock, accompanied by very sad music. Mm-hmm. Then we see Rose walking in to see Utica, Tamisha, Donali and Joey looking very defeated. Rosé is gagged that that just happened, and she then reveals that she lip-synced against Olivia. Joey says that she lip-synced against New York's own Candy Muse, to which Rosé says, I love Candy. I'm glad she's here. Cue the rattlestick. Loved it. Um, 
Rosé says that now they're all alone sitting in VIP. <laughs> that was funny. We love a meme. So more with Rosé, where she states that it hit her, that it was weird that she was lip syncing against Olivia because it's a full circle moment for Olivia due to, you know, her beating the host of the competition. Mm-hmm. Utica was caught off guard lip syncing and then feeling like you're going home first. She felt sad about not getting to show her work. And then you get Tamisha, who is definitely a pageant girl. Um, she's still in shock. Um, and then she tells the queens that she was cast for season 12, tells the others that she had cancer. And the girls are very gooped. And you can see them getting a little emotional um, as Tamisha's telling her story. But at the same time, they're like, but we want to stay. Yeah. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I'd be like, I hear, I, I hear you, girl, mm-hmm. but like, I'm I'm upset right now, and I can't think about and anyone else but myself. Again, I want to go back to Tamisha being a very strong human because she's telling the story very nonchalantly. Like, yeah, she she's saying it as a survivor, which is really really amazing. I know I've made fun of it a little bit in the preview podcast, but she's a cancer survivor. You have to give her credit that she's doing this goddamn thing. Yeah, she's not giving up. I mean, I like her. I think her personality's lit. There's yeah. a reason why she has so many kids and she has a dynasty. Like, yeah, you Me- can't do that and not be a good drag queen. Meanwhile, we move ahead to Kimura and Elliot being pork chopped and walking in. Um, Denali gets to hug Kimura because they know each other. Mm-hmm. And then Elliot says that the lip sync was traumatizing and Kimura put all her money in this and she won a drag race for so long. Um, I don't know how long she's been auditioning, but it seems like she's been doing it for a while. I mean, she's been doing drag for a bit. Yeah. She also says she wants her picture next to her daughter, Soju, and she came here for justice for Soju and her cyst. Remember Soju? I do. I do, I do, I do. Didn't know how to make a garment. Went home because of it. Well, we got another kind of funny uh, moment and more setting up a plot line. Elliot reveals that she only got to meet Tina, and Rosé says, that's horrible. And then they joke and laugh about it. Um, I know there's been uh, a meme going around about meeting Tina and Porta Bayarta and very funny, very funny. Um, Yikes. They think there is another Kiki happening with the girls that beat them, so let's check in on them. Candy asks what was going through their head, and Tina says that there was no way they would be judging as they would they walk in with their entrance look. They all were excited to meet all 13 queens, but alas, it's hard to put on a show to see the judges and RuPaul in drag. Like It's, it's a difficult moment for all yeah. of them. Candy said she would be over it if they told her she lost. Which I'm like, wait, can we have that moment for TV too? Yeah, that's literally Rosé. Yeah. Well, back in the Kenny pork- would have just screamed about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Back in the pork chop lat- loading dock, Joey is shook she was the first one. We're um, chicken feathers. Yeah. Uh, Rosé did not expect this on her first day of Drag Race. It's, it's not a happy get-to-know-you moment. They are defeated. The winners think there is enough space on the couch. They don't need any more queens. Tina was shocked that they only had to lip sync against one girl as she had to lip sync against two. Yeah, I would be like, oh, okay. Lala tells the girls that Denali had ice skates on and she also says she auditioned once and got the call. Gottmik was three times. Simone was twice. Tina was like 17, but really she lost count at seven. Candy was four. And then Olivia said, this was my first time. Olivia won a pageant and Tina says that she pays attention uh, and she knew that. And Mm -hmm. she says, I pay attention. I pretend that I don't, but I do. To be honest, I kind of love that. I really think everyone in the community should know what's going on with everyone else, regardless of of your tenure. Uh, So good on you, Tina. 
it's I think it's just very important to know the scene. And yeah. if you don't know the scene and then you call out bullshit that why did this person get nominated for a Glam Award? Well, maybe you should know better. I feel like you have feelings. I have a lot of feelings because after those Glam nominations, there were a lot of bitchy people complaining about who got nominated because they didn't know that was happening. Just look at Jim Sylvester's Thodyssey, then you know what's happening. Top 100. The other girls seem to roll their eyes as Olivia says it took her months and months to get ready for the pageant. I think that's probably some shady editing there. But also, I'm sorry, it does take months and months. To I know. Oh, I know. That's why I think it's shady editing. Um, Gottmik says her first year in drag shouldn't even count as drag. Did you count your first year in drag as drag? Yes, because I learned a lot. That's fair. Back to the pork chop loading dock. Joey knows that uh, what the eliminated queens are feeling, but people like Shangela eventually walk the all-star carpet. So like, there's, there's, there's hope. They all just want to show one more wig. They didn't even get to open their suitcase. And, and Joey d- begins to discuss that she is the first girl from Phoenix, and that means a lot to her. You wear chicken feathers. Back to it. Tamisha says that all they all want the experience, and this sucks. We're back with the winners who discuss COVID and how weird it is to be in a bar surrounded by people to then doing drag alone in a room. And then we have the fourth wall broken as we get to see the crew wearing masks as the girls are being filmed. Mm-hmm. thought that was really cool and interesting. To um, get a little backstage. Yeah, because we, we've, we've had moments of it before. But in this setting, I think it's very important to the audience to realize. It was done correctly. Was, yeah, it was done correctly. Yeah. And it was filmed during COVID times. This was real. We're not pretending it didn't exist. Tina says the only action she got is the Q-tip up the nose, and Olivia wanted the anal option. Funny. It's yeah, cute. banter. Um, we then talk about the feedback. Simone liked the feedback she got. She didn't want to be seen as a narcissist with her outfit, but her drag character saved her life. She was bullied as a black kid, and she didn't think she would have made it past high school if she didn't find Simone. And I think it was a really cool moment to just get a little bit of Simone, because... I don't know if we're going to get that mirror moment later on. Yeah. I mean, I will say that that story of being bullied growing up is a story that we've heard before on Drag Race. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do enjoy Simone a lot. I think that she has a lot to offer and her experience is valid. And I'm super excited to see what she brings. Absolutely. Tina goes into the Ross bat. uh, um, Where where am I? Sorry. Tina tells the other girls that Ross called her out for being in a boy band and Candy is gagged because she had no idea. Fifth ring. Uh Uh-huh. Got Mick asked if she was a hot boy and if she had frosted tips, to which Tina says that they all have secrets and she can sing if she needs to. Rosé. Very, very pointed. Um, so she's, she starts going into the Rosé backstory and she says that she thinks Rosé is still trying to find out who Rosé is. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that personally. I disagree with that 100%. I think Rosé knows who's, who she is and has I, for a minute. Yeah. But... That's just me. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I think Rosé wouldn't have been here had she not known who Rosé was. because She did a lot of work to become this person. So, again, <laughs> I think it was here for the, the storyline. Candy says that they are going to be on their asses now that they all, all won this first challenge. And that they all need to fight for it now because mm-hmm. this is going to be hard. The winners are starting to de-drag, and Lala thinks Gottmik is a cute little twink, and Tina has soul. But it's Olivia who caught her eye, but it doesn't matter. She, she, she got a man. She also states that she is the trade, and that says a lot. Confidence. Goes a long Definitely way. confidence, but I wouldn't necessarily agree with that statement. 
I think that Rosé is the trade of the season. Well, we know who, my, who I think is the trade of the season. Meanwhile, we get the Tina asking who's single, everyone but Lala, Rhea, I believe. Candy is single by choice because she's a hoe. So Tina suggests everyone start pairing off because they're all living in a house together. Simone says that they are sisters and they can't be touching up on each other. I'm just going to say it. We have been waiting for the behind the scenes of Drag Race. Like, if you're going to put them in the house, please put a fucking camera there for you. Please, please, I want to see Big Brother Drag Race. That's a different show. I don't care. I'm ready for it. Fine. Next season. Give me it. I want it. Give me behind the scenes. Them getting out of drag. Being no, like, no, no. I want them in the house together. Yeah. I want to see it all happen. And then they have to get in drag for the challenges. Big we, Brother. We, we see part of that on the show. Well, never mind. I just want to see the hookups. The the, we, we want the hookups. Give us the hookups. There is like a very weird D-drag scene. Um, and then Simone says, trade. No, um, I think Olivia is probably the most beautiful of this lot. Yes. Um, because then we're moving into the New York corner. And then Candy asks what they're all afraid of. So Tina says being portrayed as who she is. Candy immediately chimes in with a bitch. And Tina promptly shuts her down with, she's not a bitch. She just tells the truth. With And people get worked up by it. I think that's very, they, they put that in for a reason. Because I think that's going to be something that's a plot line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Candy wants to go in doing it for her and coming across as herself and not being a bitch as well. The others talk about the same thing. Simone wants to get out of her head. Gottmik is worried about her persona and what she looks like that it might get a little too, go a little too far. And she has to shove those noises away. Yeah. Olivia is afraid of being looked at as not working hard to get there. And Tina says, prove it. I think that's a very good challenge to put. The but part- also I don't need to prove anything to you. You're a contestant on a TV show. Just like I am just saying fair. Well, the pork chop loading doc discusses if they got a second chance that they work together to do it and that they have a really, they really have to kill it. When they learn that they must vote one queen out in order to remain, they kind of all gag. Loop. Um, and then the winners are like, wait, six of us? A queen has to go home a week. Oh, that's not a lot of girls. What's going to happen? Dun, dun, dun. The last thing I'm going to mention about the untucked is having helped someone pack for the show mm-hmm. it's very difficult to mm-hmm. get everything in the bag i don't think i've maybe maybe people have done it before but tino used those those packing yep. things with the air it's kind of brilliant yeah that's how you pack for a pageant kind of brilliant and why has no one else done it before i don't know like it doesn't ruin anything right no bitches do it next season I got some burning questions for you. Yes. This episode. Yes. Very divisive by mm-hmm. the audience right now. Mm-hmm. The lip sync challenge. Mm-hmm. Is this a one season gimmick or is this the new way of drag race? Honestly, I'm here for it being the new way of drag race. If that's what it's going to be. But the twist is gone. The shock I, is gone for the contestants. So I, now they just need to prepare for whatever's going to come their way. I think what I've said before is I think this is a very important twist simply for the fact that we've gone many times where we have not seen a drag queen on Drag Race lip sync before they make it to a finale. Yes. And that causes confusion, concern, whatever. Everyone's done it now. Yeah. We've now seen every single one of these queens perform. There's no excuses should they get to a finale. So I like that. 
what I would like to see is some version of put them all in the, the workroom together at the same time, then pair them up either by choice, mm-hmm. by random draw, whatever you want it to do. I miss that moment of them all coming together. Yep. That's what I missed. But I do like this twist. It's hard to determine after one episode, but this is a thing that I started with Drag Race Canada. Mm-hmm. Did it with Drag Race Holland. I like to go through episode by episode and say, who is the winner? I personally think the winner of this episode, the person who was favored most well, got the most airtime in a good way. I think the winner, if I'm just going to say based on this, is Candy Muse. I would agree with that, actually. I think uh, Candy gave the best confessional. She gave the best, uh, one of the best lip syncs I've seen her do. Uh, and I think that her fashion was actually pretty on point. I think there's a reason why she entered first and was, or, or edited to be entered first. Sure. And I'm really excited to see what she brings to the show. Yeah, I think Candy did great. They really gave her a lot of great airtime. Everything was mostly positive. Simone had a, some good moments, but it wasn't as dynamic as Candy was in this episode. Uh, I'm just basing this off of who I think will like will on the first episode. I'm not saying who I think is going to win. Sure. I just think that Candy won this episode. I guess now the question is, we know there's a vote. Mm-hmm. Do you think this person will officially go home? No. Okay. What do you think will happen? Um, from what we've seen from the runway, from the um, commercials. commercials for the next episode, I'm assuming there's going to be two episodes mm-hmm. because that's a lot of looks to be shown at once. And sure. they've already separated them into two people. So I'm, I'm assuming that since they're not really playing by any rules, they're going to give them. So maybe like over the next two episodes, two people go home. Uh, similar to like what happened in season six. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think that it's definitely like tribes right now. It's like losers tribe and winners tribe. Yeah, I really do think they are going to vote someone out and that person is gone. I think this is like when Big Brother would send someone home the first night and every all the fandom is like, bullshit, don't do that. I think someone is going to be the first queen in history to not be able to show their work beyond this. Who do you think it's going to be? I think it's down to two people based on how I watch that loading doc react to each other. I think it's going to come down to Elliot and Joey. And I think if, because they don't know how to vote, they don't, they just know each other in the moment. I think because Elliot was in the last lip sync, she met the queen's least amount. I think that's an easy vote. I would hope for Joey piece of chickens. Of course. you would. I, And again, if you're simply going to be talking about um, entrance looks and looks being a a determining factor, again, I think Elliot and Joey were probably the least great. And as Tamisha said, she's black. Don't vote her out. I don't think they're going to vote her out either. So I would not vote Tamisha out. I also wouldn't vote Rosé out. I would not vote Kamora out. And I would not vote Denali out. Yep. I think it's down to two of them. That leaves just the two of them, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I probably would vote Elliot. Yeah. If I, I was actually there, um, not because I don't like her, but just because I honestly, I think it's going to be a gag. I don't think that they're actually going to send anyone home. That would be crazy <clears> if that's the case. Like, I think that that's actually what's going to happen. Like they're not, that one's going to get sent home until like the end of the episode. And they're that, already going to get that a That being said, I think the show, if they do eliminate Elliot here, they will bring Elliot back for another season, perhaps season 14. Or All-Stars. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Because you wouldn't get to see anything that you did. Correct. 
that could be a really fun uh, twist for the other contestants. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Oh my goodness. You can find me on both apps at Cherry Poppins NYC. It's across all apps. That's at Cherry Poppins NYC. You can also find me at Two Girls One Web Show, which is my duo show that I do with Elise Navidad. Elise Navidad, Elise Navidude, whatever I want to call her that day. It's whatever I'm up to. As long as I don't call her by her boy name, she doesn't care anymore. Um, I used to do that, that for like a couple shows. I was like, mm, they should probably stop doing that. Uh, but yeah, we do a show every Monday. We also are doing a, uh, a review for the show. So you'll probably appear at some point in one of them. But sure. follow us on Instagram. Watch our show every Monday night. It's at 10 p.m.-ish drag time. So we're stupid and we have a lot of fun. Well, it was a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for uh, letting me walk into your room from my room down the hall. The biggest thanks to Cherry for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.